Lowe's Provember event is back. In celebration of pros, we're offering special values on top tools to get any job done right. Head into Lowe's and check out the largest selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories. Right now, you can get a guaranteed tough DeWalt 20-volt max bear tool free when you buy a DeWalt 20-volt max drill or impact driver kit. Shop in-store or order online. Lowe's, the new home for pros. Valid through 1-5 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. U.S. only. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you. Ken's Auto Detailing, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Welch and Company Jewelers. Bringing it to you. Visit WelchJewelers.com today. Shop the showcase at Welch and Company Jewelers. WelchJewelers.com. A big-time tip of the cap. Thank you as well to our friends over at Empower Federal Credit Union. And you folks know how it goes, man. Surprises, they're a guarantee in life. And knowing that you have the flexibility to access funds for those unexpected expenses, it's peace of mind. With an Empower Home Equity line of credit, you can leverage your home's value to finance a home renovation, college expenses, or any big-ticket item. Borrow what you need up to your credit limit and make monthly payments on your balance. Empower's rates are competitive and affordable. They'll even help you get the most out of your home. Get your peace of mind today. At Empower, 800-462-5000, and EmpowerFCU.com. That's EmpowerFCU.com. We're obviously available all over the major platforms, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Let's talk some Buffalo Bills off-season and the great season they had in 2020, the next step for Josh Allen, the cap, you name it with the fantastic Buffalo Bills beat man and insider, sideline reporter, host and podcaster, WGR 550's Sal Capaccio. Sal, thank you for joining, bud. How are you, man? I'm all right. Yeah, it was a, it was a great year, but it was a disappointing act. You know, that's okay. You know, those things happen. It's sports. That's why we love them. We go through the joys and we go through the pain and the hurt. Um, but, you know, I, I think it was a, a trying year and challenging in a lot of ways, obviously. Um, not being able to have people in the stands, not being able to travel on the radio broadcast. You know, those were all things that, you know, I, I obviously enjoy, you know, personally and professionally, but weren't able to do that this year. So the Bills went from the drought to breaking the drought to three playoff appearances in four years to 13-3, and three, sweeping the division the first year Brady is gone, 15-4 uh, and four end mark, two playoff wins, and the AFC title game, one win away from the from 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 the Super Bowl. Um, now they're chasing the team, the quarterback, the coach, the general manager, the franchise, perhaps a dynasty in the making. What right now separates? And trust me, you'd rather be in this spot than any of the other ones I mentioned. But where are they lacking? What's missing? The gap was huge between the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC title game. Where do you see, Sal? The biggest gap. Where do the Bills need to kind of fill in the most to get to where the Chiefs are? Well, the gap was big on Sunday. I don't think the gap is truly as big, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're as far away from the Chiefs as what they represented on Sunday. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, they played them in Buffalo. They lost by nine, and they had a chance to get the ball back with, you know, down by one score. So yep. I agree with you that there, there's a gap. There's no doubt. Uh, the Chiefs are the class. They're the best team. I think it's two things that are separating them. Um, Number one is tangible, and that is you know, like big impact players. You know, the Chiefs have them. They have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Nicole Hardman 
and the speed. If you want to go to that, you know, it's it's the speed of those impact players, guys. It, I, the Bills are not a slow team, but they look slow against the Chiefs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, yep. You know, which is which is kind of funny. And then on the other side, you know, having a um, a Chris Jones, uh, Frank Clark, you know, Tyron Matthew, you know, those guys. Those have really good players. But I think those guys change games at times, you know, and they can really force you to alter your game plan and the way you do things. I think speed is a, a big element. And it's funny, I don't think it's straight line speed. I'm not talking about going to get guys who just run four twos. I'm talking about guys who are fast out of fast right out of the backfield, you know, at running backs, fast when they get the ball in their hands, fast when they're in and out of cuts, things like that, you know, quick twitch type that. I think that's the kind of guys make elusive, make you miss. But the other thing is not tangible, and that's just experience. You know, Sean McDermott said this is year eight of the Chiefs program. It's year four of the Bills. It's really not because they had Patrick Mahomes only for four years, but I get what he's saying. He's saying it's eight years of Andy Reid. He's now built his program for eight years. They've been on this stage. This is their third straight championship game. You know what I mean? It's going to be their second straight mm-hmm. Super Bowl. This is the Bills first. So I think that's the other thing that they'll get as they go, but the only way you can do it is you can get into those games. So one thing that I think is a real positive for Buffalo is – well, there's two things. A, you just talked about it. It was their first time here. I mean, you know, your first day of fifth grade isn't your first day of third grade. Your first day of eighth grade is much different than your first day of ninth grade, right? Um, although I guess they do it all differently now, Sal. Me and you, you and I, we're, we're old guys now, right? But, you know, it, it, you know what I mean. You go from elementary to middle school to, 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 to high school. Um, you know, so first time there, you learn, off we go. The other thing I think is that McDermott and Bean... They'll make mistakes. They see the franchise how it is. They built this thing for crying out loud. They don't panic. You know, the Hale Murray thing happened. They didn't panic. Um, How much does it help the Bills? And I thought the Bills really benefited from this corona year, having a guy like McDermott as head coach, you know, that one game at a time. Today is today. Like, focus, focus, focus. How much does it help the franchise? How much should the fan base feel really good about these two being the leaders of, hey, there was a gap. You talked about it. I agree with you. You just explained the gap a lot better. But they feel now like, hey, we know who we have to get. We have to go get the Chiefs. But let's not overreact with the amount of things that we need to go chase Kansas City, right, the game within the game. They don't panic. They just keep on keeping on, right? How important is that in this league, especially for Buffalo in this current spot? Well, it's very important, but I think it's also been borne out that they are like that, right? which is what you're saying. You're right. I think one of the things that I've always said about McDermott, when people just ask me throughout, you know, going back to last offseason, into the season when they started off, and I do radio hits around the country, like, what is it about Sean McDermott? And the word I'd always use is consistency. He's yeah. just consistent. He's a consistent in his approach, but that comes from Brandon Bean as well. They both are. They, they don't waver. If they're very much like Andy Reid. I think Sean, that, that's something he really took from Andy Reid. It's, it's the way Andy Reid's always coached, um, just being consistent. Um, you know, you have to evolve, you know, schematically and you know, communication, things like that, uh, technologically, but you don't waver from your true process and beliefs, and that's who they are and what they do. Now, as far as not overreacting to the game against Kansas City, they both said, uh, Bean especially said when we met with him this week on Zoom, it doesn't matter, Kansas City, we have to win our division first. If we want to go to where we got to go, he said our goal is to host AFC Championship games. The only way you do that is win your division, you know, mm-hmm. and you get the number one seed essentially. So that's not beating Kansas City, but of course they have to keep them in mind. They're the gold standard. So you're not building your team just to counter the Kansas City Chiefs. You're building the team to make sure you still win the division. You have to think about what the Patriots and the Jets and the Dolphins are doing 
But sure, at the same time, you think about and you go back and look at that game and say, what did we miss? I do believe, Mike, like last year, we said this a lot on our radio, and I said this right away, that the Bills, that Houston game really, I think, shaped how they approached their offseason. I believe they took that Houston Texans playoff loss and say, where were we in that game specifically deficient? And that shaped kind of what they did in the offseason. Getting Tyler Bass, for example, mm. getting Gabriel Davis. You know, Duke Williams was the number one targeted guy. I, and I think the same thing can happen here, but they're not going to lose sight of the overall big picture. They're going to see the forest or the trees. No, it's a great point, and obviously there's a lot of things going on around the league where quarterbacks could be available, is Deshaun Watson on the move, Matt Stafford, etc. Bill Belichick isn't going to lay down. So, you know, all those things going in and you're you're chasing the Chiefs and you, you know, you're going to have an extra target on your back. Did this year remind you at all? It probably didn't, but I have to ask the question anyway. Did it, did it remind you how hard this is? You know, how hard... Oh, yes. God, Sal, I mean, goodness gracious, I was... I was in my, you know, I was in middle school, high school, when the Bills went to four in a row in the '90s. You don't understand it then. I mean, Sal, getting to where they did this year and the turnaround within three, I guess four years, but really three, you know, kind of drafts together with this McBean team and all the rest. Sal, it's so hard, right? It's so hard. Did it remind you of how hard it is this year? Yeah, you know, but I don't think I ever thought about how hard it was back then because it seems so easy. Me either, know? but I, I'm saying as a media, you know, covering the team, the team not being in any kind of a spot and all of a sudden a couple playoff bursts and now one game away from the Super Bowl, like, right. you know, that yeah. kind of thing. That's what I meant. It is, of course, yeah. 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 But, but that's what I mean. Like, it is, I think when you're young and you're going through and you're just a fan watching and, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, and, and your team is winning all the time, you don't kind of really truly realize right. what it took to get there. But then when you're covering the team and you're around sports like we are on a professional basis and you're watching practices and watching the builds and, you know, seeing how teams can fall short. And Mm -hmm. especially, you know, here in Buffalo where this is what my fourth coaching staff that I've covered. This is, (laughs) you know, right. And I haven't been here that long. I haven't been in Buffalo 10 years, right. So when you see that, you see the players come and go and, uh, you know, ownership change and all that, how hard it's really is to get everyone on the same page, to get the right people and then to get the right breaks and to win games. Like you could... Bills could have, the Browns could have beaten the Chiefs after the great season they had, right? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. You know, you, you, it takes also a little luck along the way. It is super hard. Um, I really liked what I heard from Sean in our in our Zoom call this week. He, he was on point. And what he said was, and what I really liked about him was he said, if you make the mistake of thinking you're that close by putting his fingers together, you're that close, you're never going to get back. Like, you have to start mm-hmm. all over again. You're never that close. Like, it, you have to really dig back in and start over, and every year's a new year. And I, and I think that was a really good message. Yeah, yeah, the reset button. couple more for Sal Capaccio of WGR 550, the terrific sideline reporter, Bill's insider. Um, Josh Allen, one thing I think with this team is, you know, he, he took a, a jump. We all asked, like, can he take the next jump? He didn't take a jump. I mean, he went into... He went into, like, MVP stratosphere here, and I, I don't yeah. think most people expected that. What a year. Can he keep that up, Sal? Of course he can, especially with Brian Dable coming back. Yeah. I think the question would have been much and not harder to answer. I think there would be more of a question if Brian Dable had left, if okay. Dable had gotten the Chargers job. But he didn't. He's going to be back, you know, for all we know, unless something else happens that's unforeseen. He's coming back. And, and Josh has had him since he's under the league as his offensive coordinator. He's had, he's had Ken Dorsey for the last two years. And that's a big deal, right, coach. Sal? That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But 
that's a really big reason why they are where they are, why they scored over 500 points this season, right? The 31 points a game. Um, you know, for Josh, Josh has that line of communication. He's going to have the same system again. He's got the same people coaching him again. And yeah, and, and then let's just take out Dable from the equation. I think Josh has now proven that, you know, he's on this trajectory and he's getting better every single year. And there's no reason right now to doubt that, like, he can't continue to go. I, I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't think he's hit it yet. Hmm. But I think the important part is I think now we've seen him raise his floor where I don't think we're going to see Josh ever go back to what he was, you know, the first year and a half or so of his career. Uh, I, I think now the floor we know is a lot higher, but we just don't know where the ceiling is yet. I like that. Uh, cap. I mean, here we go, right? Welcome to the off season. Matt Milano's market. What do you do with the O-line? John Brown, do you cut him? you got to fix the tight end probably. Uh, running back, etc. Where do you where do you go across? I'm I'm going to give you the floor. How do you how do you maintain and figure out the cap and and players involved here, Sal? Well, it's hard because the cap is not going to go up like it normally would. Right. And, you know, Brandon talked about the challenges of if they had known that a year ago, they might have made a couple different decisions. But who knows? They're in the same boat as everybody. That's that's across the board. Um, but Matt Milano's number one, I think. You know, he's a really good linebacker. I know people are down on him for the game against Kansas City. My my response to that is Kansas City makes a lot of linebackers look bad. Yeah. Travis Kelsey makes a lot of linebackers look bad. He's a really good linebacker. He does exactly what he's supposed to do. I don't think that's an issue at all. Um, I think that that's number one. You got John Feliciano. You have to determine you know what his value is, what Williams' value is. You got Feliciano, who you got you know, a couple of years ago from the Raiders. You got Williams, who you just picked up kind of off the trash heap, but they knew him. Yeah. Those are things they have to do. Now, they're not going to keep them all. I don't think there's any way. I actually think Milano's most likely to leave out of the three. He'll probably get an offer that the Bills just don't think that they can match, given the cap, given what their value is, given the fact that I think they believe Sean McDermott can coach a lot of guys, put him into his defense, and they might not be Matt Milano, but the drop-off isn't so significant. Um, and then you're going to have to really determine how you add to the team. So let's just say they have enough space to, you know, do some things but not make some serious, serious moves. Um, I, I think the one thing they'd like to do is – Based on what Dean said, I really think they want to add to the tight end position and get a difference maker. Uh, He basically said, paraphrasing, that they never felt that there was, or they didn't feel there was enough of teams having to defend their tight ends throughout the year, you know, and them really threatening the defense. And then when you throw that on top of, throw that comment, Mike, on the top of the fact that they faced Kelsey and Waller and Gusecki and Noah Fant and Jack Doyle and Hunter Henry, and they saw the impact the tight end can have on a defense. And the Bills were bad at defending tight ends, yeah. right? So they're like, okay, hey, look what a tight end can do. We don't have one of those guys. I think that we're going to look at, if there if there's one area they spend assets on, you know, whether that's trade or free agency money, I think that's tight end. Uh, I think they want to get a little faster, in the, some maybe at running back. I don't know if that means no replacing necessarily just adding to what they have and seeing you know what happens there but there's some work to do the bills do have some holes every team has holes they're still in a much better spot than most teams but i I think that's the the main focus is you know probably getting a difference maker at tight end so i love (laughs) i think you said it a couple times already um on a zoom call on a zoom call (laughs) how ready are you to not say that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh my gosh! And, 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 and what's funny is I have to write it a lot too. I, I know make sure people know. I want to. I always make sure, want to sh- make sure people know, like your listeners or 
people who are reading an article that like I didn't talk to a guy you know in the locker room. You know no, no, mean? no, but, no. You're right, but like when you write, it's right. hilarious because I I read I it every day. I read like. Uh, so and so said that uh, you know the the play calling was fine. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Matt Stafford, comma said, comma on a Zoom call. Period. Like during the regular season all year, and it's like, oh my god! Like we are so ready to just be back, man. You know, like I don't know. Well, let me put it this way to you: I am a people person. Yes, I, you are. I I build relationships. I like talking to people. I have not been able to do that. I did. I have never met face to face Stefan. Stefan Diggs. Diggs, yeah, no, I know, yeah. Right, I mean, like these are people yeah. I've never, I've never met Quentin Jefferson or Tyler Bass, anybody who's new on the team. I've never actually had a personal conversation with them face to face, only through Zoom. So it wow. matters to me, you know. I like you'll appreciate this one. Like I like to go in the locker room and just talk about the Yankees with Reed Ferguson. Of course you do, yeah, right? yeah. because he's a Yankee fan and I'm a Yankee fan. So you know, we'll do that. That's what I like. That's what I miss. There was a, there was an emotional disconnect to this team that, that there wasn't before because of that yeah and that's what i'm looking forward to getting that connection back yeah i remember in the syracuse locker room back when chris joseph and those guys were there in in 2012 when he was uh him and scoop they were seniors and they lost in the regional final in boston to ohio state with thad mata in that group and um for like a year and a half we literally talked about his winter hat you know those those hats that are like super super thick they're like expensive yes. and they cover the ears and like the eskimos wear them like skiers wear them and you know the bobsled people wear them and all that so like he had one and i kept like making comments about it and he's from canada and all this sort of thing he knows cold weather and i was like man that's a really nice hat so no joke it got stolen out of his locker in georgetown at the georgetown game in dc and so he came back and i was like where's your hat so he told me, and then he got a new one, and it became another thing. You know, right when I came in, he would put his hat on as a joke, and then like we talked. So I totally get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, we do not know what is going to happen. Obviously, with the cap. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. With the uh, with the operational system, you know, of the NFL yeah. next year, we don't know. You know what the draft is going to look like. We don't know what training camp is going to look like. But I, I would assume it'd be hopefully. More access than what we had this year, but probably not all the way than what we were used to before. All right, real quick in the minute that I have left, give me 60 to 90 seconds on your highlight of the season. It could be you, it could be Bill's game-related, it, it could be anything. What was the moment that you were like, wow, this year is amazing in any which way? It could be Bill's-related, you as a media guy. Give me the highlight of 2020 for Sal Capaccio. It's a really tough one. Um, Taron Johnson, see ya. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what maybe, a by the way, what a what, what a play, what a play. I think oh. actually, you know what it was for me, and I and I have to say this because of how emotional I got. Okay. It was it was sitting in the radio booth before the Colts playoff game when they threw it to me for a, a pregame hit, and I got emotional talking about seeing fans at the stands for the first time. Nice, yeah, good one. You know, I mean, that was yeah, that was special. Like here we are. Because it wasn't just fans in the stands; it was twenty-five years of waiting for this, right? Home game, yeah. Um, Twenty-four years of a home game, twenty-five years of you know winning, whatever. But that hit me hard, mm. and there were lots of great moments on the field. I remember thinking when they when they beat the Rams on the last play. Basically, I remember thinking, I can't believe there's no fans here, right? Come on, like come yeah. on, we need yeah. fans. How crazy is it? Yeah. I remember when they beat Seattle, thinking the same thing. Come on, they beat Seattle fans. 
Monday night in New England. You know, oh, Kurt stopping them was God. just great. Yep. Right? Taron Johnson, both Pittsburgh, both, you know, in Baltimore. But I think the fans, and then after that game, and, and after especially the Ravens game, being in the fans, I, I stayed in the stadium a little longer after the Ravens game when they made it, just soaking it in with fans. I would have. That was really special. Yeah. I would have. I, I mean, I went through the whole year going, is that stadium even up this year with fans? I mean, my goodness. I, you know, it, the mayhem that it would have been, but you know what? Maybe they use this year and build the next, and who knows? Maybe within the next three to four years, they have home field again in the playoffs, and they make another run, and and then it's 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 banana land in Western New York. We can only hope. Sal Capaccio, Buffalo Bills beat man and insider, sideline reporter at Sal Sports on Twitter, WGR five fifty. Sal, thank you, man. Continued success, bud. Okay, Mike. Thank you. The ML Sports Platter brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College, Stanley Law Offices, and Ken's Auto Detailing. If you're in and around Central New York, get on down to Ken's. God, their details are so great. A to Z details, wax and wash. You will drive off the lot feeling like you have a brand new car. Thanks to Sal Capaccio. Thanks for listening all over the major platforms. I'm Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshalls. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshalls. Tú sabes, cuando ordenas un videojuego o unas sábanas nuevas y luego llegan a tu puerta, te emocionas un poco, ¿no? Ahora imagina lo emocionante que es ordenar un auto nuevo y luego aparece en tu casa invitándote a conducirlo. Con Nissan at Home, compra el auto perfecto en línea desde donde quieras. Y el concesionario te lo envía directamente a tu cochera. Esto seguro supera cualquier orden. Así comienza la emoción. Los servicios pueden variar en los concesionarios participantes. Sujeto a la ley aplicable. Consulte al concesionario para obtener más detalles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.